buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Hey, before we start today's episode, I wanted to bring you in on the best kept secret in B2B sales. If you're serious about social selling and your only strategy is cold DMs through LinkedIn, you're missing the mark big time. Learn how a fully managed revenue generating podcast can change your life and your pipeline at salescast.co. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Today, I've got Sean Tepper here. He's the CEO of Tiger and uh, founder of Tiger. It's a platform that helps people manage their own investments, and it is a B2C product. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about channel sales. But before we dig in, we're going to hear a little bit about Sean's story. So Sean, welcome to the show. Colin, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So give us your, uh, the short version, like of your sales story or professional career, or if you want to go back a little further to give us some context, feel free to do so. Sure. You got it. I'll try to keep this to like two or three minutes here, but my background is about 15 years in software engineering, primarily project management. Um, I had a business from 2006 to 2010. It was a service business agency. Um, did not make any money during the recession. It was an wow. opportunity to get into entrepreneurship and learn how this works. The benefit of those first four years in business were, I didn't realize it at the time, but it's it was working with a lot of small and mid-sized businesses and learning a lot of different business models. Mm. Um, so I learned a lot about business. We fortunately grew the fourth year, 2010, and went through a merger. It was not like a big liquidity event. So I walked away with a few million bucks in the bank and, and retired. Um, <laughs> it was not that. It was a moment where all debts and liabilities were removed and I got a fresh start. By this point, I knew mm. what kind of business I wanted to start, SaaS, software as a service, didn't have any ideas. So what did I do? I got into corporate jobs. So I, I've done a lot of work with like GE and Kohler the last 10 years. Um, at the same time, I started getting into investing. I started with private investing, like angel investing, which is essentially just investing in like local tech businesses and hoping they, uh, you know, go a thousand percent in the next few years. And again, another situation where looking to make uh, big returns, retire, and then you're done. But uh, that never happened. Um, so I knew I could be swinging for the fences for a while with angel investing, turn my attention to the public market around 2015. So following guys like Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, Phil Town. 
And I knew that, or these guys have stated that they have made consistent returns in the market that definitely beat the market. In fact, I know Warren Buffett has said if he's just managing a few million bucks, he could make consistent returns ranging between 15 and 50%. I knew that this is not a gambling man. He does not use emotions or feelings, right? Yeah. Um, which means he's using some sort of logic. My software engineering background told me that, okay, time to learn this logic myself. Went down the YouTube rabbit hole along with read as many books <laughs> as I could. Found a lot of math that does not work, but thanks to a guy by the name of Phil Town, he wrote a few books. I'll list them right now. He's got rule one. Another great book is Payback Time, but about 70% of the math that's in Ticker, which we'll talk about in a moment, yeah. are really inspired from him. So um, started using this tool for myself in Excel, very clunky process, but I was able to generate returns in the market that were between 15 and 50%, sometimes better. Did that for four years. And then 2019, I started sharing this with other people, like sending it to them or, or pretty much meeting and saying, hey, would you use this tool? And everybody's response is, when are you going to turn this into a software to share with others? So um, it took about a year to build. The first version, 2021, went live. We've been live now a year and a half. We've got about 4,000 customers around the globe. So we're essentially, we're a, we're a stock screener and educational platform. So if you're new to investing or you want to you manage your own investments, we tell people Ticker is the best place to start. Got it. Okay. Wow. All right. So you went down the entrepreneurship uh, path and mm -hmm. I'm curious to know what you learned in that, you know, process. You didn't have the big exit. Sounds right. like maybe some things went, you know, didn't go right. Um, but what learns, what lessons did you take away from that experience? We, we could be here all day. Give us the top ones. <laughs> you, you got it. So I learned about business models, like being an entrepreneur is really exciting, but I learned what is a scalable business model and what's not. This doesn't mean good or bad businesses, but my mindset is I'm very much an efficiency person. I like to see growth in the service businesses. You're trading your time for a paycheck. If you're building software or websites or applications or video or social media, these are all fine business models. But for me, I, I did not love it. And there's very limited revenue can generate and very limited limited scalability. Our team was five people and that's about as big as we could get it before really bringing on more liabilities, AKA payroll. Um, I also learned about the businesses we worked with are what are scalable businesses. So that's when I got exposed to SaaS businesses. Um, E-commerce can be scalable if your supply chain and manufacturing of whatever widget you're creating is done right. Yeah. Um, right. There's a lot of manufacturing companies out there and, and, and everything in between we, we were able to get exposure to, and that really helped me apply that to investing so I can quickly analyze businesses, understand is this scalable, is this not? Um, so I'd say those are the biggest, biggest lessons learned about those first four years. Yeah. Sometimes you got to see what doesn't work <laughs> to realize what does, what you can be paid That's for. That's it. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. And so, wow. Okay. So when you built Ticker, um, you used it for four years on your hmm. own before right. letting it, before giving anybody else access. Talk to me a little bit about that time frame. What happened? You know, maybe iterations. Mm -hmm. um, uh, for you know, four years of like really vetting. It must have been hard to not sh want to share it with more people. That's that's the thing. Is like I knew like if I 
took a year and then started going to people, especially people have a lot of experience in the market to be like, okay, this is a bunch of BS. Like really mm -hmm. th this can be luck. So the first year was a lot of like iterations of this thing. And then the second year where there's a little more, but I started to see some patterns over time. And essentially what ticker, I, I won't hide anything is all of our calculations, everything is all open source. You can literally go to ticker.com. We're all about keeping things transparent. So you could go create your own version of ticker if you really wanted, but we, I needed to understand the rigor around what we're looking at in layman's terms here. What we really look at the, revenue growth rate, the net income, the cash flow, lower debts. It's all like the fundamentals of business, the good things on a balance sheet that you really want to look at. Um, and yeah, I, I played with that for four years to really thoroughly vet this because I'm like, if I'm going to create a SaaS around this thing, I better have some serious data and proof right. um, before I really showing it, show it to people who've got a ton of experience in this space. And so tell me, is, is do you actually manage your investments there or talk to me a little bit how about, about how yeah, the platform works? Our business model is, is a straight up SaaS. So we don't manage any, we, we're not like a hedge fund or a portfolio manager where you manage people's portfolios or money. We don't touch anybody's money. They subscribe to our tool to see stock ratings, whether they're good or bad. And then they get access to the educational content for free. So it's, it's, it's very low barrier to entry to join. It's a B2C SaaS. You join for free and it's got a paid membership upgrade thereafter. Um, but yeah, if, if people want to do this on their own, they do need a broker. Long story short, a broker is where you actually connect your bank account. Here in the States, the top ones are like TD Ameritrade, Robinhood, E-Trade. I use TD Ameritrade. Got it. Okay. So they're <laughs> using it to educate themselves rather than spending endless, you know, hours researching and reading and it. stuff like that. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, and then did you have any, uh, okay. So there wasn't really a lot of risk as far as like putting your, were you, were you actually making decisions or were you testing the tour? Were you actually putting the money to work? Based I, was, on what it was, I was actually putting my money to work. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And was that a little uh, scary? It, it is. And I, I will say with anybody who wants to get started managing their own investments, your goal right away should not be making money. Yes, that's the end goal is you want to build your wealth and, of course, have financial independence um, earlier if, if you so desire. Um, but your first objective should be increasing confidence. So start small. Start with like a hundred to a thousand bucks. So that's what I did. I just got in, bought a stock or two, started tracking them. And then you just keep doing that every month. You just add a little bit more. And, and the thing is, the hardest part is really that first step. It's like, putting your toes in the water. You just, you yep. just got to do it. Yeah. 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 Sink or swim. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Literally. Um, okay. And then, so tell me a little bit, like, since you're a B2C, mm -hmm. um, how did you start with building a channel, you know, channel sales program? Yeah. So take a step back is when building a B2C platform, you're, you need to create a platform that's got really low friction because me, I'm not going to sell to my audience personally. You need the platform to sell. You need the words. You need the colors. And that's not easy. So the objective mm -hmm. is to get this in the hands of customers as fast as possible. And I actually set a goal. I'm like, I'm going to give this away to 100 people for free. And I want their feedback as fast as possible. I don't want to wait three months, six months, 12 months. I want to know in the next two weeks to four weeks, what would you change? What jumps out to you? What's bad? What's good? And that's how you, you can accelerate your B2C process 
much faster by doing that. You get that fast feedback. But of course, like I said, you should be focused on money. Get it in their hands first. At the same time, when building a B2C, we sell direct to the consumer, but you can sell a lot faster by going through channel partners or otherwise known as affiliates. So yeah. we, and we can we can deep dive this a little bit, but at the surface, we like our affiliates are like um, influencers, like YouTubers or bloggers that have like personal finance channels or blogs um, yeah. and other B2C fintechs or so financial tech companies. They're those are perfect because they already have the audience we're looking for. We give them affiliate kickback for every customer they bring us. Yeah. And so th- just to be clear, right, is number one is making sure your product is yeah. going to do the selling for you yes. before just thinking, hey, I'm going to go do land channel partners, right? Because channel partners are never going to sell your product maybe as, as good as you are, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're a B2C, it's even, you're not even really doing any selling, right? So the mm-hmm. product and, you know, what that, how the product works, the the language, the website, that's mm-hmm. got to do the selling for you. So making sure that all of that is in order before going down, building a channel program, uh, and then really being specific of the types of people that you know are going to have right. um, uh, the type of you know, audience that would be your ideal clients and then build those win-win relationships there. Right, right. And just to echo what you just said is, you know, that that's the objective is to really nail down the product. And that can take a while. I mean, we we're still evolving and we're improving. And it, I mean, the first year to year and a half you know, there are still moments like, gosh, we haven't really found product market fit here, which is common for a B2C and it's just get more customers on the platform, get more feedback, get on those Zoom calls and have them demo the tool so you can see what they're doing and not doing. Don't just do a survey and ask questions. Like you gotta have these relationships with your customers. You gotta build friendships. That's where you can speed things up. Yeah, and so those, how, uh, I mean, how um, did that first hundred, you know, people, the feedback from those first hundred people, how much did that feedback change, you know, what you guys were doing at that time? Yeah. So this is kind of funny. I, the first version, the MVP, minimum viable product we launched with, it was exactly what I wanted. It was <laughs> not even close to what the customer wanted. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. So what we found is with ticker, the more confidence you can give people, the better. So we try to provide more data in the tool, but it has to be meaningful data because there's a lot of platforms, a lot of screeners out there. You can go to Yahoo Finance or MSN Money, a lot of noise, a lot of clutter. Yeah. And how do we take the data and make like create the why behind everything? Like, why are these ratings the way they are? And say it in like layman terms, like make this super easy. And so that's what the evolution has been about is really making this tool increase confidence. So more data points, more features without making the tool busy, but essentially at the end of the day, giving customers more confidence, they can move forward with a buying or selling decision. And that has taken time. So it's been quite a journey, I I must say. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. I mean, you have to, it's kind of a, tricky situation right because you got to have something to be able to get feedback you can yes. have nothing right so you can't like right. hey what do you i don't have anything like what you know what would you like to see right you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta have something to show people but you know that um building that out to then find out that you know it was what you wanted and not necessarily <laughs> what other people want it's got to be a little frustrating 
It it is. I've I've been here before because I've kind of like um, invested, like I mentioned, those earlier days of private investing. You know, before two thousand fifteen, I learned the hard way. You know, with a B two C, you have to go in the expectation most people aren't going to like this. But if I can get just in the ballpark, just a little bit, and then get those conversations going, like people say, I really like this, but can you add this, this, and this? And you start talking to more people and you can collect those data points, you kind of, you figure out, then you create this list, whether it's in Excel or wherever you track it, figure out, okay, here are the top requests. This is what we need to create. And the bottom ones, you can pretty much let fall off your, your roadmap. Um, and that's really the process to, I found to do it right. Yeah. And so, and to sign up for it is free, right? For people Correct. to sign up. Yep. Right. So then, so you've got basically, a product led growth sort of approach of like mm -hmm. letting people into the product. And then there's like right. a free version and then they can upgrade. Um, and so the product is, is gotta be totally dialed in in order for that to work. Yes. And you gotta get the right people to sign up for them to actually convert. Cause a lot of people like free stuff doesn't mean they're willing to pay for it. Right? Exactly. Yep. Um, and so how has the, how has the channel program that you've built out? Like, you know, how, how, what's been the success of that? What have been some challenges that you ran into with, with building that out? With, with channel partners, you know, finding that product market fit is essential because you don't want to make your, your affiliates look bad. Um, and, and, and I was, I will say this within six months to nine months, I was already focused on channel partners and I got a few little ones, which is fine, but their issue is they'd bring people on their people would join for a month and then leave. Well, they're not going to make any ongoing cash flow that way. And that's essentially what your affiliates want, especially YouTubers, you know, YouTube will pay these people some money, but they want to be making money off affiliates, right? That's that's a reoccurring stream of revenue. And I found is it, you got to turn back to product market fit and focus on that first and then bring on your channel partners. With those channel partners, we were right in our assumption as who to go after. Like we knew YouTubers because that's growing fast. We haven't tried TikTokers. I'm sure that's, that's another channel we can... <laughs> unlock. Um, bloggers is pretty straightforward. And then other fintechs, that's actually maybe the little bit of a surprise. We're finding a little more interest there than we expected, which is, that is exciting. Like our tool can complement theirs essentially. So we're, we're going to lean into that a little bit. Awesome. Have you, have you, I'm, I'm curious, have you built many channel relationships with podcasters? A, a little bit. Yeah. There's, um, there's a few that like podcasters will have like a YouTube channel or a blog or some fintech. And it's actually part of our, the acquisition strategy or to the build of relationships is talk to those people, get them on the podcast, get them to talk about their brand and then turn around and say, Hey, I've got this ticker. Here's what it does. I'd love for you to give it a try and see if it can provide value to your audience. And that's really our, that's our sales strategy is really low key, low pressure, friendship first, you know, don't, don't force it down yeah. their throat. Right. The important, and that's important, right? Because when building these channel partner relationships, like you want them to last, right. And, yes. you know, not be like a one-time promotion and then it doesn't convert. Right. So it's gotta be something that you got the right, you know, product market fit. Yes. It's gotta be the right relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. And you, it's got to be something that they want to promote that they feel is right. going to actually convert because they've only got so much 
space to promote or else they'd be promoting all of the time, right? They're sort of limited on how many different things they can promote. And it's got to be something that they're going to be willing to stand behind or else they sort of lose that um, ability to promote things in the future. So, yes. uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I, to, I understand the space well more from a podcasting perspective, mm-hmm. right? But like for even, for instance, on my show, I only promote stuff you know, mine's a sales audience. So it's, you know, typically we run ads for, you know, sales products and stuff like that, sales SaaS, things like that. Sure. Um, but it's stuff that I have firsthand experience with that me and my team use that I've used for a long time. You know, it's not just anybody who's willing to write a check, yes, you know, right. um, because it's your reputation and, you know, these influencers, these bloggers, these YouTubers, they have a reputation that that's important. 100% agree with you because we we have run into a few and you can tell right away what you're getting into is they they want to work with you, but it's a one off email or a one off blog post. And it's like, that's not going to do it. That's not a channel partner because it's, it's got to be a little more omni channel, meaning maybe a mention on the podcast, maybe, you know, YouTube post, a blog, and then ongoing emails and social posts. It's got to be kind of a micro campaign. You can automate a little bit of that with software, but you got to be bought into the product. You got to be emotionally in it to really move the needle. Otherwise, like somebody just, oh, we've got 15,000 customers and we'll feature you in our newsletter once. I'm like, okay, I've been here before. That's not going to do anything. Yeah. Well, I think they also probably want to test it a bit, right? before they go all in. I mean, it's a little bit of that. Um, I I think in some cases, or, um, you know, they want to dip their toe just a little bit like, let's see what the response is to something like this. Um, Awesome. Well, Sean, thanks so much for coming on. Um, where can, you know, people, you know, sign up for Ticker and, and check it out and all that good stuff? Keep it easy. Just Ticker.com. It's spelled T-Y-K-R, Ticker.com. Awesome. We'll drop the link in the show notes for you there. uh, So you can check it out. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It helps us out in a big way. And I'm also always listening for feedback. You can go to salestransformation.fm and drop me a voice DM and I will get back to you. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free, salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.